0: Hi guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today's story is about a young 17 year old girl named Brianna who lives in Montgomery, Vermont. She was driving home late from work one very cold night in March of 2004 and she never made it home. Her car was strangely crashed backwards off the road and into an old abandoned farmhouse. She is nowhere to be found. My sources are listed in the description area of the video. This is the case of Brianna Maitland. This story takes place in 2004. Let's go back to that time, our little trip down memory lane. I like doing these because it reminds us of what life was like at that time. If you're old enough to remember back then, I know I have some teenage listeners who were probably toddlers at this time. 2004 was 18 years ago. My God, can we go back to 2004, please? George W. Bush defeated John Kerry in the presidential election red eyeliner was a fashion trend and thank god it's not anymore because that shit was hard to do google started its free email service called gmail the indian ocean tsunami and earthquake occurred and it was one of the worst natural disasters ever in history the summer olympics were held in greece It was the year Janet Jackson had the wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl. Now in 2022, people describe it as sexual assault by Justin Timberlake, and he has since apologized for the whole incident. The top movies in the theaters were Spider-Man 2, Meet the Fockers, Shrek 2, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Napoleon Dynamite. Brianna Alexandra Maitland was born October 8th, 1986 in Burlington, Vermont. Her parents are Bruce and Kelly. She was raised on her parents' farm in East Franklin, Vermont, and it was right next door to the Canadian border, like less than 15 minutes. I mean, it's like getting in your car and driving to the grocery store, which I find really fascinating to be able to live that close to another country. Now, Brianna was trained in jujitsu. She was really good, and she could put up a fight if needed. In October of 2003, Brianna turned 17 years old. Now Brianna is described as being fiercely independent and her dad says she's like 17 going on 25. She tells her parents she's tired of the rural area and she's unhappy and she wants to be on her own. There wasn't anything bad going on between her and her parents. She just wanted to be independent. She couch surfed at different friends' houses for a few weeks and then she gets an apartment with her friend Jillian and things seem to be a little more stable. A few months later, this is February 2004 and one month before her disappearance, Brianna drops out of high school. She's gonna get her GED instead. She is working two jobs. At one job, she works as a dishwasher at the Black Lantern Inn and her second job is a waitress at a local diner. Three weeks before her disappearance, Brianna was hanging out at a party with her ex-boyfriend James. Brianna is confronted by a female at the party. This was a girl that she hung out with in school and considered a friend. This friend accused Brianna of flirting with her boyfriend. I also read that Brianna had spent time alone with the girl's boyfriend. I don't know which is true, but this girl is very upset with Brianna. Brianna tells James, let's just leave, maybe she will calm down. But the girl follows her out to the parking lot. Brianna is attacked viciously. You guys know Brianna is trained in jujitsu. Well, she didn't fight back at all. I don't know if it was because this is one of her friends or what her reasons are, but she really hurt Brianna. A friend convinces her to go to the hospital the next day and, and also to file a criminal complaint. Brianna received cuts, two black eyes, a broken nose, and a concussion. I looked up this girl online... And she's alive and well and seemed to have faced a lot more legal trouble trouble in her life. I found this Facebook post from some local police department and it said how she was charged recently with drunk driving with her infant daughter in the car. Well, she's in the comments defending her actions and saying people are too quick to judge. Drinking and and driving with a child in the car isn't something that can really be defended but go off, I guess. Three weeks after this attack, this is March 19th, 2004, Brianna takes her GED test, then she gets picked up by her mom, Kelly. Now, Kelly and Brianna were gonna celebrate Brianna taking her GED test with breakfast and then a shopping trip. Kelly says her daughter seemed to be having a great day with her. They're waiting in line to pay for some clothes and something distracts Brianna. Brianna tells Kelly she'll meet her outside. Kelly finds her daughter in the parking lot visibly shaken. Kelly, for whatever reason, doesn't want to pry and question what is wrong. Maybe she knows Brianna is private and wouldn't tell her anyway, like a lot of teenagers in the early 2000s were. Brianna tells her mom she has to get back to her apartment so she can start getting ready for work. Now, I listened to an interview with Brianna's dad, Bruce, and he said every time his daughter's case is covered, this is always brought up. He believes this whole parking lot thing was overanalyzed. He said Brianna was anxious about getting home to get ready for work because she had just started this job recently at the Black Lantern Inn and she didn't want to be late. She also had begun smoking cigarettes. Brianna did not smoke in front of her parents and didn't want them to know that she smoked. So she likely went outside to smoke a cigarette and was annoyed that her mom came out and she had to put it out. Bruce thinks this all has nothing in the world to do with Brianna disappearing. So Kelly drops her off at her apartment and Brianna gets ready for her shift and she leaves a note for her roommate Jillian saying she was off to work and that she'll be home late that night. Brianna doesn't have a set time that she gets off work. She's a dishwasher, so it really depends on when everyone is done. Brianna gets in her car, which is a 1985 Oldsmobile. I thought it was a Cutlass Supreme because I couldn't find out what model it was online. So I showed it to my husband who looked at it and said immediately, oh, that's an Oldsmobile Delta 88. It was this giant green boat of a car. This thing was incredibly safe, though. Those old cars are like made of steel. Brianna works her shift and gets off at 11:20 p.m. This shift was described by coworkers as uneventful. She did not have any visitors or receive any phone calls. Her coworkers asked her to stay and eat dinner with them afterwards, but Brianna declined saying she was tired and she just wanted to go home. She also said that she had to get up early for her second job the next morning. Her coworkers said she walked out to her car, got in, started it, and left. This was the last sighting of Brianna. After she pulled out of the parking lot, it was like she vanished into thin air. So no one really knew that Brianna was missing, and she wouldn't be reported missing for four days, and we'll get into that. The morning after Brianna got in her car to drive home from work, Police spot a green 1985 Oldsmobile crashed into an old abandoned farmhouse off East Berkshire Road and Route 118, about a mile outside of Montgomery, Vermont. The farmhouse was locally named the Old Dutchman Barn, Dutch Burn Barn, excuse me. It wasn't severely damaged at all and the car could have still been driven. It was like the bumper was just messed up. I told you guys earlier those cars are made of steel and extremely hard to damage. The whole scene was just weird. This farmhouse was about one mile from her work so she hadn't made it very far. I do want to point out that it was only seven degrees that night so it's extremely cold. You can see a photo of the car on your screen now what you don't see in that photo and i was very surprised and had to look up other photos myself is that that photo was taken from the road you can't tell from the photo but this car and house were right next to the road like right there it was a public road and people drive past this house all the time i've seen artists who have drawn the photo that's on your screen just because it's so creepy The old abandoned farmhouse with Brianna's car backed into it? People find it fascinating due to the way it's positioned and not knowing what happened. It looks like it's staged, like someone thought, I have to make this look like an accident, but I have to be able to walk away from this without getting hurt. I feel like most people who would know nothing about this case if they were walking and stumbled upon the scene, the old car, the old house, and the dreary winter backdrop, they'd want to get out of there as fast as they could. Not me though. I would definitely get out and carefully investigate if I came across that. You guys know that. But I'm a weirdo and I wouldn't recommend doing that because you could disturb the scene and the last thing you want is your DNA and footprints all over the spot. The next morning, cars are driving by and see this weird scene of a car backed into the farmhouse and quite a few people thought it was strange. Some hikers were in the area and they actually stopped to take photos of it. The police arrived to check out this car. They didn't do anything except have the car towed, because they assumed it was a drunk driver who crashed and took off on foot to avoid getting a DWI. I'm not going to give them a hard time about this like I usually would though, because I feel like if they would have thought it was a missing child, like it truly is, you know, Brianna is 17, they would have handled this differently. What I am going to give them a hard time about is not contacting Kelly, Brianna's mom, who the car was registered to. They just had it towed and that was it. They never bothered to contact the owner. They did see two paychecks inside the car that belonged to Brianna and they saw the business name was printed on the checks and it read the Black Lantern Inn. They drove out there to see if the driver was there, but it was closed at the time. Brianna's roommate Jillian is visiting relatives for a couple days. She comes home and sees Brianna's note that she was heading to work, be back later. The note is now a few days old. Jillian assumes that Brianna went to be with her family for a few days or is at another friend's house and doesn't think too much of it. On March twenty-third, two thousand four, Kelly goes to the police to file a missing persons report because they can't get a hold of her daughter. Jillian doesn't know where she is either. Brianna disappeared on March 19th, so this is four days later, which is a good chunk of time. They had reached out to both places she worked at, and all they said was that they hadn't seen her in days. Bruce, who is Brianna's father, is away on a business trip. When Kelly calls him and says Brianna is missing, he comes home right away. Kelly gives a photo of Brianna to police and tells them each place she worked at and her path that she would drive home. Kelly describes what kind of car Brianna drives and the police officer says, well, wait a minute, we have this car. We had it towed the other day. This is pretty shitty because they never bothered to contact the owner of the vehicle, which is Kelly, since it's registered in her name. They just had it towed and that's it. Kelly describes the moment the police showed her the photo of the car, she felt instantly repulsed and wanted to vomit. She said she instantly knew Brianna did not put that car there and that something bad had happened to her so between 11 20 pm when brianna left work and the next day several people had spotted brianna's car at the old farmhouse they remember it because it was so weirdly parked and left one person drove by at 12 o'clock a.m and said the headlights were on and that both doors were open now remember brianna left at 11 20 and where her car was found was only one mile from her work so this person came by at 12 a.m. which is 40 minutes later and said the headlights were on both doors were open the second car came by shortly after and said the left turn signal was flashing the third car came by around four o'clock a.m. and this person that spotted the car was Brianna's ex-boyfriend James He was on his way home from a party that was over the border in Canada, about 20 minutes away. He said he recognized the car as Brianna's, so he goes up to it and doesn't see her anywhere, so he closes the door and leaves. I think it's important to point out that every single photo taken of this car backed up against the old farmhouse, there's a lot of them floating around on the internet. Each one of these photos were taken by private citizens who thought, Wow, that's a strange way for a car to be sitting off the road. Like, multiple people stopped their cars. The police did not take one single photo of the car before it got towed away to the junkyard. They were given a photo by someone else who had taken it. I find it amazing that multiple other people realized something was wrong and stopped to take a photo of the car, but the police didn't realize the severity of the scene. I'm so thankful for the passing folks who stopped because without them, there would have been no photos of this car before it was towed. But I said I wasn't going to give the cops a hard time on this case like I usually do when there's shoddy police work, but I'm still just pissed that they didn't really do anything. So we've got two crime scenes now, one at the old farmhouse and the other is the car, which is at the junkyard. This is bad because it should have been processed as one crime scene that morning. Now it's been four days. It could have rained during that time and things are contaminated from being moved around. There were items around the car, a fleece jacket that did not belong to Brianna, a broken necklace that belonged to Brianna, a half a lime on the trunk and an empty water bottle and some loose change. Inside the vehicle, police found Brianna's personal belongings, including two unopened, uncashed paychecks from the Black Lantern Inn, some clothes, her migraine medicine, driver's license, makeup, and contact lenses, and a half-eaten burrito in a styrofoam container. There's no signs of a struggle or anything in the vehicle that would make this seem like a crime scene. There was also no indications that the car had come off the road in an uncontrolled way. Four days after Brianna was reported missing, her dad Bruce learned police hadn't searched her trunk yet. Bruce goes to the car and he forced the trunk open with a crowbar. He gets ready to open the trunk and braces himself knowing there's a chance his 17-year-old daughter could be dead inside. But nothing was found in there except a few of Brianna's belongings. More than 500 people, both police and volunteers, helped search for Brianna and dogs and helicopters were brought in, but these searches didn't find anything of interest. Officers from three different states and the famous Texas EquiSearch was also there, but nothing was found. The ex-boyfriend James, who drove by at 4 o'clock AM and stopped at the car once he realized it was Brianna's, well, he was grilled by police for a long time. The problem is, remember he stopped and got out and closed the car doors? Well, he changed his story up slightly, and this alarmed police. But eventually, James admitted he was very drunk and driving back from Canada. He didn't want to get in any trouble. He was eventually cleared as a suspect after hours upon hours of interrogation. Um, And I can imagine that they also had to get a a solid alibi. Maybe some of the other folks at the party were able to... uh, tell the cops, you know, exactly what time he left and it was probably, you know, 3:45 a.m. I also want to point out that the girl who beat Brianna up 3 weeks before her disappearance was also cleared of any involvement in Brianna's disappearance. I do know she was interviewed on another podcast, but I haven't listened to it yet. 2 weeks after Brianna was last seen, the Klaus Kids Foundation came to Vermont to aid in the search. The Klaus Kids Foundation was founded by Mark Klaus, the father of 12-year-old Polly Klaus, who was abducted and murdered in 1993, the nonprofit Advocates for Laws Protecting Children from Crime, They've also conducted hundreds of searches for missing people and trained over 1,600 professional search and rescue volunteers. For three days in April, the foundation brought more than 500 volunteers to help canvas all the areas within a five-mile radius of where Brianna's car was found. Unfortunately, nothing was found, and that's like a lot of people for five miles. Basically, every square inch was covered. In 2006, there's a potential sighting of Brianna. The footage is grainy at best. It is at a casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and it pictures a woman sitting next to an older man. Her parents viewed the footage and they said they don't believe that this was her, but there was a very strong resemblance and the woman has never been identified. It seems like Brianna just disappeared into thin air, but we know that couldn't possibly happen. So we're gonna go over some of the most popular theories. The first theory is that Brianna left on her own accord. She always had big dreams of getting out of Vermont and the rural area. Well, the problem with this is that she would have needed her car, and she probably would have cashed her two paychecks that she left behind so she could have more money on her. She also didn't take her contacts or anything that she would need to survive on her own. Yes, someone could have helped her, but it seems unlikely. As well, Brianna didn't have a cell phone. It was 2004 and cell phones weren't as popular as they are now. She also didn't have a bad relationship with her parents and there's no reason why she wouldn't have told them if she wanted to leave the state. The second theory is drug-related. Every internet detective out there believes that this is the case, uh, specifically that she was taken or killed by Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson, Recently, Brianna had started to use crack cocaine. Well, a tip comes in that Brianna was kidnapped and was being held in a house just outside of town. The caller states she's being held by Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson. Bruce called the police who raided the house and Bruce said that all that was found was a lot of drug paraphernalia and guns and crack cocaine. No sign of Brianna though. Ramon was arrested on drug charges. In late 2004, investigators received a call from an anonymous older female that said Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson had killed Brianna the week after her disappearance and Ramon and her argued over money that she'd lent him to purchase cocaine. After she was killed, the woman claims Brianna's body was temporarily stored in the basement of another woman's home before being dismembered with a table saw and disposed of at a pig farm. The problem with this theory is that I don't feel that a 17 year old girl is worth it to these two dangerous drug dealers. How much money did she give them for drugs that they would kill her to avoid paying it back? Usually drug dealers would just take your money and give you your drugs. Let's say she did owe them money. I don't think her being 17 and just starting to dabble into crack cocaine is enough to rack up a large enough tab to be killed over. Most times it's someone who owes, you know, 10 grand or more. I read that Brianna did have a relationship with Ramon Ryan's. I don't know how serious it was or if the claim was even authentic. The third theory is that Brianna's disappearance was related to the disappearance of Mara Murray. Mara Murray's case was very famous and it took place 90 miles away. She was a young college student who had a car accident late one night in New Hampshire. And when first responders and folks who lived on the road showed up to the scene, Mara was nowhere to be found and hasn't been seen since. Like Brianna, it's been 18 years since she disappeared. Mara's disappearance took place one month before Brianna's. In both cases, there was no signs of an altercation or any indication that the young women were harmed or killed in or near their vehicles. Both girls were young with dark brown hair They also both left their personal belongings in the car. This theory that the two girls' disappearance are related has not been ruled out. I know Mara Murray's case has been covered by hundreds of podcasters and crime TV shows, but if you guys want me to cover it, just let me know. It's a strange one for sure. The fourth theory was from 2012, and that was that serial killer Israel Keys had taken her. He was caught in Alaska for numerous rapes and murders across the United States. He attacked women in Alaska, Oregon, Washington, New York, and Vermont. It was entirely possible that Brianna had been one of his victims, but Israel Keyes denied that Brianna was one of his victims. He died in jail of suicide in 2012 while awaiting trial. The next theory is more likely and that is that Brianna was kidnapped. It was possible that someone was hiding in the back of Brianna's car and when she left work that night she was attacked while driving and then crashed. Her parents say it would take more than one person to subdue Brianna since she was extensively trained in jujitsu, but while you're driving a car it might be difficult to use your jujitsu training on someone behind you. It's unlikely someone was in the passenger seat. Do you guys remember there was a half-eaten burrito in her car? Well, that burrito was in a styrofoam container on the passenger side floorboard, completely undisturbed. There was also items on the passenger seat that looked like they had been there for some time. If someone was behind her in the back seat, there was zero evidence left of any sign of a struggle. The FBI believed the car was staged to look like an accident. Brianna's family received several anonymous phone calls from people claiming that Brianna was tied to a tree in the woods and that she had later been disposed of at the bottom of a lake. Nothing was found to back up this claim. Some speculate maybe it was the girl that attacked Brianna three weeks earlier. She was cleared as a suspect, but also she was a teenage girl herself. I don't know of many 17 to 20-year-old girls who were able to murder someone and get away with it for almost 20 years, it's likely she would have been caught within the first day or two or she would have told someone eventually what she did i believe she's 35 to 37 years old today and i think that if she's got any heart at all she would feel terrible about attacking brianna three weeks before and wishing that it never happened there's the theory that is brought up in almost every missing persons case and that is suicide it's unlikely that brianna staged a disappearance and committed suicide bodies are always found, and she didn't give any indication that she was planning to kill herself. It would have been a really strange way to go about it as well. Did Brianna spin out on the ice that it could have possibly been on the curve leading to the abandoned farmhouse? If she did spin out, she could have driven the car away though. It was a very minor accident into the farmhouse. The car was able to be started and driven right away. Did she get out and walk and get picked up by someone bad? It doesn't make any sense while she would get out in the freezing cold, leaving her doors open and her headlights on and start walking. Maybe someone saw her and stopped their car and she got in. Maybe it was someone she knew. Maybe she was run off the road and abducted. There's been mentions that maybe she was sold into sex trafficking. I read this long breakdown on a Reddit forum, and it said that Brianna's family had... Has a private investigator that they hired to do his own investigation and his name is Greg Overraker. He believes that Brianna had planned to meet someone at the old Dutchburn farmhouse voluntarily, perhaps for a drug transaction. Although this seems like a weird spot for a drug transaction since it's right next to the road and the road is a main road, once there a confrontation takes place she attempts to flee which results in her backing into the house which explains the headlights being on and the turn signal flashing she is then taken from the vehicle forcefully and she could have been taken anywhere by now one thing is for sure whoever is involved in brianna's disappearance has been able to cover their evidence and tracks for 18 years so far likely not the first time they've abducted or killed someone They've also probably done it again in the years since Brianna's disappearance, and that person is likely still out there. It didn't sit right with me that her ex-boyfriend James drove by, got out, and closed the doors at 4 a.m. I listened to a podcast called Going West, and they interviewed Brianna's father. He said the detectives did clear the ex-boyfriend as a suspect. He also didn't really have a motive either. If they thought he had anything to do with it, they'd be all over him and an arrest would have been made. He was a young guy as well and surely would have messed up in some way if he did do something. James died in 2019 in a really bad car accident. He was hit head on by an elderly person and was killed instantly. If he was involved, there's no real way to know by now. I don't think he was though. In March of 2016, this is 12 years after Brianna's disappearance, DNA was found in her car. There's been no mention of who the DNA belongs to. I imagine if there was any significance, we would have heard about it, or perhaps an arrest would have been made. It may not belong to anyone in the database, and they're just waiting on a match to eventually come through one day. Kelly and Bruce moved out of the area so they weren't encountered every day by people asking if there's been any leads, and they just wanted to live a normal life. They eventually get divorced and Kelly moves to New York. Bruce went on to start a nonprofit group that helps families with missing loved ones raise money for private investigators. The old Dutchburn house was destroyed after a fire in 2017. The fire is not believed to be related to Brianna's disappearance. It was supposedly set by some teenagers who were likely too young to even know who Brianna was. The disappearance of Brianna is still an open, ongoing investigation. The Vermont State Police are offering a reward of up to $5,000 for any information that would lead to a resolution of the case or the arrest and conviction of those responsible. Bruce was quoted as saying, there's always a part of me that hopes she's still alive, but I've come to terms with the fact that I don't believe that she is. If Brianna is alive, she is 35 years old, She disappeared when she was 17, which was 18 years ago. That means more than half her life she's been missing. I hope she is found and her family is able to get the closure they need. Like other missing young folks I've covered, the thought of parents waking up every morning not knowing what happened has to be torture for them. That's it for this week. Again, my sources are listed in the description area of the video. If you have any theories of your own, I would love to hear them in the comments. Take care. And much love to you all.